that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's myself, Dean Ryan, in the towers of Dean Ryan. I'm at home, obviously, and uh, you have to get the word towers into these podcasts. <laughs> Derba Nolan is here, Dermo. Hello, Dean. How are you, man? I'm good. You're in the towers of Dermot Nolan, which is I'm, great. I'm in the towers Congratulations as well on, on a recent marriage. Very cheers. exciting stuff. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Yeah, it's been a great week in Leeds, it? wrote it as well obviously now just in case Sean listen the wedding was far more important but uh, Leeds was a good uh, a good boost as well yeah wedding overshadowed by a promotion party <laughs> <laughs> for Leeds 16 years demo well done 16 years and the pain's over thank yeah, god you're but... about four years old when they last played a Premier League game I'd say I'm kind of weary because Norwich fans keep tweeting stuff saying that you know let's just enjoy this because you know it gets a lot harder <laughs> so I, I think we're all going to enjoy the next five to seven days and then we'll uh, focus on a relegation battle then I suppose yeah I mean you're only about eight weeks away from your first Premier League defeat <laughs> same, same as same as Tottenham Dean is that oh yeah okay okay um, look it's a it's a it's a very quick blast at the race hour with bookmakers.co.uk because of course it's Galway on the horizon uh, there's also a bit of racing going on at Goodwood but we don't pay too much attention to the flat on the race hour uh, we thought we'd better check in and uh, and see how everyone was and see if we can find, you know, it's always nice to find a plate and a hurdle double. We did ask the lads, Connor, Dave Weldon, uh, et cetera, to come on. But everyone is too busy either playing golf or skiving off work, which is uh, which is fair enough. Can't really complain. So, Demo, you've just got me probably for 20 minutes or so to fly through this. Um, Galway without a crowd. Why don't we start there? It's going to be a bit weird, isn't it? Because the racing isn't always the highlight. Very weird. Very, very weird. Because I just put the finishing touches here to my uh, Galway races piece for it. Gambling.com as well, and mm. the um, it's just very strange. I mean, you know, because Galway, like my mother and my brothers and stuff, would know Galway far more for heading down. A lot of people don't even go to the races. You know, they they just walk down there, square there, have a few drinks, and have a great night. So it definitely is one of the festivals that really loses its kind of magic without the uh, people being there. But look, that's life at the moment. We'll move on. We'll have uh, we'll have some summer night when we'll see everyone again. It'll be absolutely brilliant. But uh, at the moment, uh, this is where we are. And look, the racing is, um, I'm one of these kind of people that actually loves the racing at Galway. I, I just think it's brilliant. And uh, it'll be something now that we'll just have to enjoy at home and we'll make the best of it. Hey, look, it fits somewhere in the pecking order. Like you've got, you've got Cheltenham, Punchestown, Fairy House, Galway's on the list. Like it's not at the top of the list, but if you can get a Galway winner, it is a highlight in an owner's uh, career anyway, owning horses. You want to be at Galway and get a winner. Unfortunately, if you do get one this year, you won't be able to go celebrating uh, with the Galwegians as, as as everyone likes to do. But like Galway, there is a magic about it. The racing might not be that good, but my God, it's competitive. And the highlight points, you know, like the big handicaps where it's massive days for certain uh, riders who get a chance, you know, only once maybe a season to win something as big as that and as high profile as that. And then you've got, of course, the plate and the hurdle. Those races normally would fit any festival anyway. Yeah. And the beauty of Galway is, is that, you know, you've got very small trainers targeting a, yeah. a very small flat handicap all year and they get to these these owners who might have bought a horse for like five to ten grand are able to stand 
in a parade ring where you know the plate might have been on the previous day and you've got Willie Mullins and Gigginstown and everything else there so it's it's definitely um its own complete unique offering in that regard from top to tails of racing you know you've literally got both ends of it and then what I love as well is just the kind of the mixed racing cars though I know this year they've kind of curtailed that a bit to try and limit the amount of jockeys that are around the place which makes absolutely perfect sense and you have yeah. to commend Galway for how quick that they reacted to everything but there's something magical about Galway in that I'm kind of still surprised Dean that the English haven't tried uh, or Scotland or Wales obviously sorry the uh, UK haven't tried a mixed card of their own during the summer you know there's there's mm. something beautiful in it um, something that kind of offers there's something there for everyone and like Galway offers a big festival chance for horses that would kind of you know like like Felix de G, who I'll talk in a while about fancying him for a Galway hurdle. He was, you know, fifth in a Supreme, but this is his big chance to land a big race over hurdles, you know, and yeah. there's loads of chances like that. So it's kind of a more level festival in that you get a much more array of, of trainers winning races. And when a small trainer wins a big race or even just a normal race, it, it's very emotional for them because Galway races has been an RTE for absolute years. So, people get so excited and so enthralled with it. So it's just a real equal opportunities festival, really, in the uh, yeah. in the years of that, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's something that, you know, since I've lived in Ireland, I've embraced. I remember the first time I went, I thought, you know, I know loads about racing. I'm going to do fine here. I absolutely lost everything and, and realized very quickly, this is, uh, I think the way you described it just before as a unique offering is exactly how it should be treated. This doesn't really conform no. to normal race study or normal kind of, you know, form. Form judges, I think, fail here because form is only relevant to Galway. Lots of That's, horses have been lined up for this and you can't yeah. imagine why because they've been racing at decent tracks all around the country, but actually they're going for a Galway winner and that's what we have to try and find. So you have to look at it differently. Yeah, oh no, 100% Dean, and you nailed it there in one. Galway form is so important and even you can even find similar enough tracks like you know, if a horse handles down Royal quite well or Ballon Road mm -hmm. quite well, you kind of know that, right, that, that horse will handle Galway. This race course is a complete being of its own as well. And uh, with the undulations and everything else. So, yeah, it, it, it's a completely unique thing. You don't attack the Galway Festival like you would any other meeting. And um, we'll hopefully kick on from there and find a few winners then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gone, gone are the days where you just go Dermot Weld, four out of five races, four out of seven races yeah. a day. Those days are gone. But that's only because Dermot Weld has eyes on other bigger prizes of recent years. And I, I think we always do these, when we do these Galway's pods on the race hour, I always say get yourself down there for at least one day. But you'll have to wait 12 months for that, I'd imagine. And do get yourself down to Galway if you've never been before. Right, why don't we kick off? Because racing actually starts at Galway on Monday. Dermo. Um, I guess it's not really the premier day or anything. It eases itself in. And as you said, they've moved uh, the flat racing and the jumps racing apart to try and keep the limited amount of jockeys on track, which makes a lot of sense. Um, what's the highlight of Monday for you? Uh, it would definitely be the qualifiers, the uh, riders handicap or the um, mm. Aubrey McMahon handicap as we come to know it now. <laughs> as it became to be known when the McMahon <laughs> and uh, Willie Mullins would, would line something up that you know hadn't done a tap for ages and suddenly... Uh, or we only had to cling on but in fairness oh. to him he's, he's he's ridden a couple of peaches around there so i don't want to take anything away from him um, but you know these horses had great chances i do spot one in in that race for this year demo what would you like in it uh, it's a brilliant brilliant renewal um there's kind of there's there's one here that i'm a big fan of and it's um it's john snow for the william mullins team complete um horse the william mullins has spoken about a few times said that this horse will have a flat career uh, because he's missed the last kind of 
two seasons now pretty much with kind of niggling injuries. Uh, went off 5-2 to two favourite last time behind behind Dalton Highway, but kind of it all happened a bit too quick for him at the Curra. Um, I'd be half willing to kind of forgive that because he was a mile off the Vidia pace as well. But he was very good at Leperson when he won in March. Um, he's won, but it's kind of a race that you don't. You definitely wouldn't get involved anti post. You can't anyway, but you wouldn't be getting involved too heavily until you were to find out where that um, Mr. P.W. Mullins and Mr. J.J. Codd and these lads are going. Um, yeah. because it is an absolutely just uh, a really, really hard race. But at the moment of the uh, Rich Ritchie trio of Tiger, Top Top, Sharjah, who'd obviously be very interesting, even off a big weight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine Patrick will uh, pick him. But just John Snow could well kind of continue to kick on. He's a horse that uh, they've been saying an awful lot about. And I'd be very interested here to see how that horse goes. Okay. Uh, the one I was kind of mentioning was this Bovaros. Now this has five entries at Galway uh, over the over the days uh, of the meeting. So where it turns up, I'm not too sure. But if you just uh, go back, you don't have to go back very far to to see Aubrey McMahon riding these colours um, to to success in the race. A couple of years on the bounce. Um, I, I wonder what might happen with Bovaros. It might be interesting if he goes in there, runs very well, and I think they've got him in on Friday in, in a hurdle race that probably looks to suit. So Bovaros would be one to pick out. In the early skirmishes, is number 32 on the card. They're going to let a big field go here. It'd be interesting to see Willie Mullins uh, does put on 10 stone seven uh, is what it's currently at. But I mean, the weights will change a fair bit. 12-2 is scheduled to be the top weight in that qualified rider's handicap. Um, so I'll throw Favros into the mix. Uh, you like the you like <laughs> you like the chance of Jon Snow in a, in potentially three runners for Rich Richard. Yeah, there's another one there as well. Uh, mm. Jody Townend is obviously riding really, really well. Uh, she won this race last year, obviously. And uh, Princess the Zoe there, Princess Zoe there was very impressive last time under her. Now she could have a choice between a few of Willie's as well. She could end up on yours as well, Dean. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. the the weight there would probably be her or uh, Richie Deegan there would, would probably end up in that because you'd have to cut one of Patrick's legs off really to get him to do any weight like that. But uh, yeah, no chance. Princess Zoe there was very good last time. She will get, uh, that horse will get in off a low weight and uh, that horse will be very interesting but again I'll just kind of holding fire now until I see um, some sort of jockey bonds yep yep a horse I'm always interested in wherever it runs is Tony Martin's the mouse doctor which I see has gone into now I don't think that horse has ever pitched up at Galway so I've never had to lose me cash on him at that <laughs> particular track just yet <laughs> but there is time to come uh, a few other races on the Monday anything else that you want to pick out before we skip on to the Tuesday uh, Lariat will run on the Monday it looks like off 79 for Adrian McGuinness. Um, and this looks the kind of horse now that could really improve for, as they say, the application of um, of money uh, because it, it's kind of been, <laughs> yeah. been friendless these last few weeks. But Lariat's off 79 now was was placed and running well off 89 when with um, Andrew Balding last season. Adrian McGuinness is really starting to attract a much, much better class of horse coming to him now. And um, this horse, Lariat would just strike me as one maybe that, Adrian has kind of held back for Galway. He does love to have a Galway Festival winner. Um, he's he's his stable has gone from strength to strength these last kind of two or three years. Wherever it's kind of come from, he's just he's getting very good horses in. And uh, Lariat there of seventy nine could end up a big price, but wouldn't surprise me to see a bit of a gamble. Okay, good words then for uh, John Snow uh, Favros for me in that qualified riders and Lariat's also on the card. On the Monday, uh, when we get to Tuesday, one of the biggest races, of course, of the week is the is the Conquin BMW Mile Handicap, big premier handicap, and there's plenty of them uh, across the uh, the week at Galway. And um, this race always takes a bit of wind. 
Um, but often, you know, it's, it's a target race for many, isn't it? All the big yards we fancy in a, a crack at this, such as the, is the prize money that comes with these races, uh, something that they do a little bit better than in the UK at the minute. Of course, that's all over the news. The prize money is absolutely falling through the floor. Even the Derby losing its main sponsor. Uh, Galway never fails to deliver in that regard. And this is one of those races, Demo. Oh, massively. Um, Galway, again, because of the, how well Ireland has kind of linked in its kind of social uh, life with yeah. horse racing, you know, even Clarny during the summer would get a lot of businesses who'd have their summer parties there. Um, mm. I think Ireland is hanging on to its prize money, really, because of the fact that we're we're kind of keeping crowds there. Uh, coming racing, who mightn't have a massive interest in it even, but it just seems to happen. So you've got all these kind of sponsors, you know, because this was the Topaz Mile, and now it's the Cullen Quinn BMW yeah. Mile. And Salt and Stall here for me, Dean, I just think he's, he's, he's still very, very well handicapped. I mean, last season, he won this off £7 higher. He was absolutely superb that day. He, he won it going away and he showed two runs back in a big handicap at the Curl that he's still definitely capable of this mark as he came swinging under Gavin Ryan. The race ended up being winning by, um, ended up being won, apologies, by his stablemate Bowerman, who was just really, really well handicapped on the day. Yeah. But uh, this horse came really eye-catchingly. Last time, I forgive it, Patrick Sarsby was a very good winner of that race and once his chance was gone he he was left alone and he was a very very big price on the day he was left to drift out to 22 so i'd say this yep. was definitely the plan gavin ryan brilliant young jockey uh who will take five pounds off so he's effectively only two pounds higher here than last year i just think yep. so will take the absolute world of stopping it Puts him absolutely in the mix, doesn't it? And of course, Adrian McGuinness, uh, a master at targeting exactly what he wants to target with his horses. Um, and he's he's actually done very well since the return of racing as well, like Sir Bowman, as you mentioned. So Salton Stall, uh, definitely an interesting runner there. Would definitely be on my list as well. I kind of fancied it for that last day, but as you say, the drift held and then the run-in behind Patrick Sarsfield. Like you can just kind of, you know, treat it as it was, an absolute prep uh, to come here. A couple that caught my eye in uh, the race were Nebo, Tom Hogan, could go off top weight, obviously formerly uh, pretty smart in the UK. Uh, it's going to pay for that, of course, with the pounds on the back. Uh, the other one, though, that I really liked, and uh, really, I'm not really sure it's done what they expected to do yet, uh, is Toran Shaman for Jessica Harrington, who was a winner on this card um, back in 2019, uh, beating Insane Bolt. And really got the kind of things together after that in a couple of decent races. And running behind Bowman, as we mentioned there at the Curra, um, was backed as if it was a serious, serious horse in a handicap. Now, didn't follow that up in that same race with Patrick Sarsfield. And then behind Nebo, I thought the penny was starting to come and drop a little bit again. Now, this stiff, stiffer test uh, than you get Cork, a really short suit tour around Shaman. And as a course and distance winner and Jessica Harrington uh, aiming it at this race, big prize money, I thought that would be my pick, but I wouldn't put your salt in store uh, at all. Galway, plenty of races where you might need two darts anyway, Dermot. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. there would be absolutely oh. plenty. Like the, uh, <laughs> the plate now that we'll discuss in a bit, you, you'd end up with four or five. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else you want to pick out on the Tuesday that people might want to uh, keep an eye on at Galway? Uh, yeah, my bet at the festival, actually, Dean um, Abraham um, is the main one I'm interested in. I put him up as one of the horses to follow for the season. Uh, I was a bit sick in last time. I thought it was a prep run, and he ended up drifting out to 12-1 to 1 and winning. But he just showed how, how well he is since since moving to the Brazil team. Um, so basically, yeah. I mean, he's now rated 123 over hurdles after two wins from his last three starts over hurdles. But he remains on a mark of 67 on the flat. I mean, to put this into perspective in 2016 he was second 
in a Premier handicap behind Golden Spear, who's a very, very smart horse at this level, yeah. off 82. So he runs here off 67. He's been completely rejuvenated since moving to this yard. We're very shrewd operators. I think it's very telling that the Brazil team minded that flat mark um, until Galway. They know that he handles the track, which is very important. He's ran well here in the past and just off 67. He run over two miles. Um, I think he should have have the stamina for that. He travels really well, so I think he'll find that kind of easy enough. He ran well over one mile six here anyway, so it's not too much of a difference. And I think um, Abraham off 67, he's just thrown it. Absolutely thrown yeah. it. Yeah, that's in the 7.45 on the Tuesday Latin quarter handicap. I see Lariat as an entry there as well, if it doesn't pitch up on Monday. Uh, would that put you off a little bit? Going to have to give Abraham plenty of weight if it does line up anyway. That's it, yeah. If Lariat ends up against Abraham, I'll be sticking with Abraham all week over anyone really. Okay. Okay. All right. Why don't we kick on then uh, to Wednesday, um, which is Galway, Tote Galway Plate Day. have to give the sponsor a big mention. They've been supporters of that race for a long time. Um, so the 6.45 at Galway um, on the Wednesday is the plate. Now, a horse that you know we were pretty keen on at Cheltenham is going to head the market here, and that's Galvin, who I thought, um, no, David Russell, amazing rider, probably if he had another crack at Imperial Order, it would get a little bit closer than he did at Cheltenham. Uh, come out since uh, the resumption of racing. And uh, I think it went off like, I don't know, one to 100 and one at Kalani. But Galvin, obviously in good order, uh, the right favourite there, I'd imagine. Oh, massively. Um, easy game's very interesting now as the favourite, yep. kind of, the, the, who are fighting. I mean, this is a horse who's second behind Faheen in the Flogus Novices chase, but I still think the ride Robbie Power gave him that day probably got him closer than he might have been. But his only blip really over fences was he fell in the RSA, but that was fair enough. I mean, that, that race went a million miles an hour. Um, probably just, just kind of caught him out. because. But he, he really is very, very interesting. It's just I'm happy enough to take him on. He's kind of he's lumbered with a big weight and a horse coming into a big handicap like this without handicap experience off such a fall would just mm. kind of swerve me against him. But it's um, I'm not saying anything wild. When I say were he to win, it wouldn't be much of a surprise, really, would it? No, of course not. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, there's there's a horse in there who I think everyone was waxing about uh, in recent days. Is Peregrine Run for Peter Fire? You know that yard are absolutely flying. And if there's a if there's a ten year old in training that could come and win a Galway Plate, could be that one. Yeah, he's he's under race as well, isn't he? Um, they've they've kind of they've teed him up for this race once or twice, and the ground has just gone completely wrong. I mean. We should make a note on the ground as well. At the moment, it's good there at Galway, a good yielding on the flat track. The weather looks fairly settled next week, just looking at YR, but the, uh, the Monday there could be between 12 and 14. But as we know in Ireland, particularly up in Connacht, the, the weather can change dramatically. So whilst it's good ground at the moment, you'd never know at all what might happen by Wednesday. So if the ground was come up soft, that would put pay to his chances. But he's a horse that, like, I, I remember him going very well at um, Aintree before, under Barry Geraghty and um, was absolutely cantering and he came down which was he was really unlucky he's a horse of just loads of class and I think they decided after that that they weren't going to target him anymore they were just going to run him all summer and pick up whatever they could and the horse has just kept winning so he's uh, extremely interesting and we'll see what happens with him next now yeah, I mean what would you I mean if you if your pick perhaps was Galvin although the prices aren't you know that exciting right now. There's some there's some nice horses in the mix here that you know we can't really forget about that have done good things in the past. I see Jet probably go for Jessica Harrington, likes of Dinons for Gordon Elliott, 
uh, Live Love Laugh is in there. Three Musketeers, an old favourite of ours on the podcast. And um, so there is a nice also. I see Paul Nolan's even potentially lining up uh, Quamino, who you know has also come back with a win. Yeah, and, and Quamino's only two pounds higher than for when winning at Leperstown uh, mm. two years ago. So that horse has fallen back down the weights. Like the two I like here are are Galvin and Spyglass Hill. Um, I've put a bet on Spyglass Hill and Galvin just just there before the podcast. I mean, Galvin gets six pounds from Easy Game, and he's a really smart hurdler. Like he was six in the Ballymore, and then he went from strength to strength over fences this season. Had three quiet enough runs, but that was some second in that novice's handicap chase at Cheltenham last time. Showed that he's alive and well when winning what was a terrible affair at Clarney, but that should put him well on for this. And like off a mark of 148, he, he doesn't have to really improve at all to win this I don't think I mean the weight that he gets from easy game they've just gone different routes but I'm I'm convinced that he's as good as easy game um, the ground will be absolutely fine for him as well he showed at Cheltenham he can handle soft ground and I think he's extremely interesting but one of the slightly bigger price is Spyglass Hill and Spyglass Hill last time in February saw off Milan native um, and that horse obviously went on to win the Kim Weir at the Cheltenham Festival he will have to improve his jumping but I, I'm never concerned about a horse improving their jumping when they're coming from Henry to Bromhead because he's yeah. probably jumped about a thousand times at home since that so Spyglass Hill is very interesting just because I think he'll jump around very well but I just can't get away from Galvin I know he's the favourite but the uh, two of them and a reverse forecast and we'd be laughing, Dean, you know? I like that. I like that idea. Um, I, I wouldn't be a Spyglass Hill fan for the race, but you make a fair case in that Milan native form. Everybody knew before Cheltenham that Milan native was a good thing <laughs> and he ended up being a good thing. So that form stacks up lovely. Galvin has to be top of the pops, I think, uh, for this for this race and rightly is the price it is. There's only one, and I talk about it a lot actually on this podcast, certainly over the last 12 months, and he still hasn't popped up and won anything and that's Blazer uh, for Willie Mullins that... You know, could run here, could run in alternative options, of course, over the course of the week at Galway. But if Blazer did run here, I would be having a little saver. I think there's enough class in that nine-year-old uh, to pop up and win a race like this. And it could easily be uh, something like a Galway plate when perhaps uh, other eyes are, um, you know, have been elsewhere through the season. Blazer seems to just turn up and not quite deliver. I think it might deliver at one point. So I'll throw that into the mix. But I'd be with you. I think Galvin's a pretty... Uh, pretty solid if not uh, inspiring selection yeah. uh, to land that Galway play anything else on the Wednesday that you want to pick out Derma before we do skip over because the hurdle day follows yeah there's one here um, Emmett Mullins who keeps making the news this summer for all the wrong reasons but he's a superb trainer and Millie in the middle uh, for the Me family so for those of us who don't know the Me family um, own a lot of horses here in Ireland and they nearly exclusively target at the, uh, the Galway Festival. They just, they hold back horses all year for it. They don't have an awful lot of entries. They've Diamond Hill, who I'll mention now as well, um, just that he's, he, he could run anywhere. He's got five or six entries. So wherever Diamond Hill yep. turns up, he'd be very interesting. But Millie in the middle hasn't done very much at all so far in her career. She's gone off at big prices. But last time uh, showed a bit of life under Brian Hayes, who they always use. And, uh, Millie in the middle there is um, extremely interesting. Looks like she's been held back for something and this doesn't look the, the hottest mare's handicap hurdle ever. So uh, she, she'd be interested there for Emmett Mullins and the Me family. Okay, Millie in the middle then also want to keep an eye on uh, on the Wednesday and Diamond Hill, wherever it does turn up for those powerful Galway connections, which is what they are 
uh, Emmett Mullins and the me family. Okay, well, you know, it gets it it continues in its excitement levels, Dermo, as we hit Galway Hurdle Day, um, which comes on the Thursday. We're talking about 30th of July now. Um, a horse that I was very keen on at Cheltenham that got well bumped into <laughs> bumped into an aeroplane in a little bit in Saint Ouen was uh, Aramon, who's come out since and won a really nice race, uh, beating Petit Mouchoir at Tipperary. Um, Aramon and Felix de Jay-Z, Elliot against Mullins. Uh, they, I guess, I have to throw Shannon into the mix because it's also right up there at the top of them. Um, and Charles Burns with Turnpike Trip. And Wonderlage, they seem to be the principal five. But I mean, this is a Galway hurdle that will take a little bit of solving, albeit some classy types at the top. Oh, it's a serious race. I mean, Hunter's Call there as well for Ollie Murphy and mm-hmm. Canardier, who's yeah. now with Willie Mullins from Dermot McLaughlin. I mean, that's a horse who's who's twice now looked like he was going to come into it in a Coral Cup and potentially dropping down in trip here could just suit him. But like, Wonderlage would probably end up going off favourite. Um, yeah, he's going to be lots of support. Oh, lots. I mean, He's a real punter's friend. Remember, the word went around for him for the, the county hurdle after he'd won at Ferry House. And like that win at Ferry House in December 2018, he beat Tudor City, who went on to win this race then last year. Yeah. So like like that yeah. that's very strong form. It's fair he to was, say with one delicious way, he would have caught the eye of a blind man behind yes, Aramont, wouldn't he? 100%. He was, he was handled as if he was uh, he was scalding hot. And uh, they, <laughs> they really didn't want to do much with him that day. But he ran on like like a very good horse. And like... They fancied him out of the way for the county hurdle. And if they fancied him out of the way for a race like that, they'll fancy him like this. I just think, um, A, he's going to be over bet. And B, I think he's bumping into two grade one horses here in a a handicap. And I think as good as he's a very good handicapper, but handicappers have their their ceilings. Whilst the likes of feeling the G, I'd fancy him for an article next year. Uh, just to mm-hmm. just to say that, obviously he'll 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 have competitors there, but I think you know he could be one to go from a front in that. And he's only who said that all year in his bookmakers. I've got a two K piece that it was a yeah. real pity this horse didn't make it because he really thought he was very good. And then you got the likes of Aramon, who's obviously gone from strength to strength. But Felix de G just edges it for me. I mean, he's won here at Galway in the past. He he won a Moscow Flyer. He obviously missed last season, but before that he was fifth. In the Supreme, he then went on to win the, the top novices hurdle where he beat Aramon off level weights. Aramon now will have to give him four pounds. And last time he showed that he's still alive and well after missing a season because he came out and he won what was one of the biggest farces of a contest I've ever seen. Um, but <laughs> he, he won it. If he can miss that dreaded bounce, I think it's between the top two. And I think Felix de G will, will see off Aramon. Yeah, I think I think that crucial few pounds difference is the difference between them. I have lots of respect for Aramon. I thought Willie Mullins got him in perfect racing concert pitch even for Cheltenham after running him in some real hot grade ones. Uh, stepped him back down into that grade three company at Cheltenham and obviously bumped into another one. Um, that can happen to you in those big handicaps. Uh, and then in beating Petit Mouchoir, the turn of foot that showed uh, at Tipperary uh, was impressive. And that one against Philippe de G is the race that I'd like to see. I'd like that's how I'd like to see the race pan out. You're a man for the forecast, demo. I mean, that you know, it's not going to be the monster that perhaps you find sometimes. But uh, <laughs> you, you take Aramon and Philippe de G finishing first and second. Should we give a shout out? Do you remember when, obviously, when we were doing all the Cheltenham stuff last year, how keen um, Dave Jennings was of the Racing Post on Aramax delivering at Cheltenham, and he did. Uh, that horse has only really been put up a, a couple of pounds for that. It doesn't look like it was much behind her, Cheltenham, let's be honest. But Aramax has all the hallmarks of a Gordon Elliott horse that could progress and continue to progress. That's it. And he definitely does. 
I would just hold the same sentiments though that whilst he probably will be a very good handicapper, it's just yeah. like Sharjah won this race, like how, how he ever went off fourteen to one that day, nobody ever knows. But sure. you know, Sharjah won this race because he was a very good horse who was maybe you know finishing outside the places in in Supremes, etc. But it's just such a higher class, so it's uh, I think the top two really hard are the two, two to be looking at. Yeah, and the way the race could set up if the likes of a Petit Mouchoir does run, I mean, it'll be point-and-shoot stuff for Felix Dagi and, and Aramon if they come around that bend involved. Uh, Charlie Park's interesting runner in here, switcher stables, moved to a, a shrewd enough handler in, in Aidan Anthony Howard, of course. Very, very shrewd. Um, and he's he's handled uh, he's handled horses for McManus very well. And mm. once you do that once for McManus, you kind of seem to have horses then for life. You know, he, he does mm. tend to look after you. Um, and Charlie Parks, I mean, he, he showed what an able trainer he is because Charlie Parks came out for him first time out, um, hadn't done anything for obviously a long, long time. I mean, that was his first run for 469 days since leaving Nicky Henderson. And he came out and he beat Jets very, very well at Leperstown um, under Barry Garrity. Mengley can back in third. I, I mean, that wasn't a terrible race by any means. So he gets yeah. in here of 144 and like you wouldn't be surprised to see a potential gamble on him. You know, he does look a real, real class act in this race. And if there was any of the outsiders that uh, could potentially shock, I, I think it's him. Yeah, it completely scares me um, in terms of, you know, probably won't back it, but I was always one of those bandwagon jumpers who kept saying, Charlie Parks, you know, he works with Bouvardet. He must be class. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's proved that subsequently that, uh, you know, perhaps he was never putting it all in on the track. But what he did there on on that return, uh, you know, lit up a few eyelids. And I think potentially he's a blot in there that you probably don't want to forget about. Diamond Hill also has the entry there. You've already mentioned that horse uh, for the week, wherever that turns up. Um, if you were going to kind of narrow your colours then, Demo, Philip Deji and probably Galvin for the double, for the plate and hurdle double. Yeah, and then I'll be I'll be doing maybe uh, doubles between Spyglass uh, Hill as well. So I'll be doing yeah. uh, two doubles in effect. And uh, But Felix Deji, as far as the big two races go, would definitely be my, my most confident pick. Okay, okay. I'd be I'd be the galvin Aramon felix Deji split, and you've got an extra one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we just do it together. Like, we, no point. We we could both be right and wrong. That'd be awesome. That's, that's, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's nothing new. Nothing new at all. All right. Um, look, that's the Thursday. Is there any other horses you want to pick out on the Thursday before we have a quick glance over Friday's stuff? Yeah. So, like the the rest of the days are are obviously um, extremely tough to kind of to pick apart. Hmm. But on the on the Thursday, um, Sheila Labry always explodes into life at Galway um, her yeah. horses have been running well without winning so far since the uh, the restart uh, but Magnetic North remains on a good mark um, and I think there 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 will eventually be a race that will fall right for him so Sheila Lavery doesn't have many med- entries but she's always worth uh, worth checking out in these sorts of races Okay Sheila Lavery's Magnetic North and anything else she runs during the week uh, definitely keep an eye on that um, on Friday, I was going to give a mention to uh, Foveros again. Uh, all depends whether it goes in the race of like it's running, which is that qualified riders race, uh, but has entries through the week. So do keep an eye on where that goes. If it does run on Friday, uh, again, potentially having run in that qualified riders race, I'd be interested again. Obviously, you don't know how it's going to run yet on Monday, but that'd be one to throw into the mix. Uh, what else do you like across 
Um, I mean, there is that kind of like consolation race, isn't there, on that Friday for um, for the hurdle? It's a bit of a stiffer trip, I think, isn't it? The two mile seven um, goes to post there, the handicap hurdle. I mean, it's whatever doesn't run elsewhere, I guess. Pretty much. Um, our, my old buddy Blastic Coleman's in there, um, which, <laughs> yeah. which, which will attract a fire each way, absolutely no doubt. Um, but it's uh, the rest of the weekend. Those those kind of three days are always. I always tend to go. Hard enough the first four days and the last three days you just kind of see who's running because I could like the stratum there is very yeah. interesting. Blazer, if you go back over hurdles, would be extremely exactly. interesting. And then the likes of my sister Sarah as well. I mean, there's there's a big one in her too of that of that mark she's on. She just always seems to hit one at the very very wrong time in a race. But one day she will not do that. So um, as far as the other three days goes, I kind of uh, don't tend to do much. But there is there's there's one horse left who I'll be watching mm -hmm. for the week just to see where he turns up. And it's uh, No Needs Never, um, who will be turning up for Joseph O'Brien in the Premier Handicap. And I'm convinced that this horse will go close um, off a mark of 98. Um, you have to watch back his run last time to believe how, how bad it was for him. I mean, he was completely hampered at the start and still ran on to finish a really good three-length seventh at Nace. And when you're stuck at the wrong side of that race course, you, you don't have a hope, really. So to get as close as he did, he's... He's still off a very good mark. He's a very, very good horse. Obviously well-bred and off a mark of 98. I think he could take that Premier Handicap at Galway as well. What day is that on, though? Is that on the Friday as well? Friday as well, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. No needs never for Joseph. All right. Well, I mean, look, we'll, we'll either have had a good Galway at this point or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and probably a little bit of a roller coaster Galway, and that's the beauty of it. It's such a shame there's not going to be the crowds there to enjoy it because the atmosphere at Galway is uh, paramount, really, for, for the type of racing that you get and the type of crowd that you get. It's a very unique uh, week of racing. Now, it, it all happens at the same time that Goodwood is on Dermo, and I, I know James Boyle will probably be steering people in the right direction on bookmakers.co.uk because he follows it a lot more than, than we do. We're all waiting for these flat horses to jump hurdles at some point, um, but they're not doing it just yet. So um, was there anything at Goodwood that kind of stuck out to you? You've got the likes of the Lennox Stakes, you've got the Goodwood Cup, which Stradivarius will go off odds on. Uh, let me throw probably one of the most interesting races of the week at you, the Sussex Stakes, uh, Siskin, Mahatha, Cameco, Circus Maximus, Pinatubo, potentially Nazif, Wichita. Uh, it's the it's the usual faces of this season. Uh, Siskin, of course, uh, part of the Jer Lions uh, success story of this uh, resumption of racing in a classic winner. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um... Unbelievable renewal. Uh, one of the best races of the mm. season. Uh, Loyalty-wise, with Ireland, you'd probably you'd be kind of hoping for Siskin. I mean, that was an unbelievable win uh, last time. I mean, he looked in serious trouble. He was behind uh, the whole the whole Aidan O'Brien FC team were all out to get him. And he, yeah. uh, he Colin Keane, completely just held on and held on and come out when he could. But I really like it. I can make up. Um, yeah. I just think that that you know if they, you can kind of move on past whatever else happened, and I just think here at, at ten to three best price, he's he's probably the, the best. But that's that's the definition of a race to kind of sit around, watch, and get excited about. And then the only other the only other horse that I've kind of been looking at mm -hmm. um, in regards to Goodwood is a, a safe voyage in the uh, Lennox State. He's just a horse that I really, really like. Um, yep. He's third fav there, but I think he's uh, he's worth his place and he deserves a big one. And this uh, seven-year-old for uh, for John Quinn definitely can do that. It was 
he was very good at Epsom last time, and I just think he could take a bit of stock on that. Okay, safe voyage in the Lennox. That's on Tuesday. Uh, take on likes of Space Blues and Lamato, currently around six to one. Um, I'd be with you in terms of the Sussex. I think I think Cameco is the bet of the prices. But if I don't have a bet in it, I certainly will enjoy watching that Sussex stakes. Uh, only four likely to line up for the King George now. Demo Batash, Art Power, Liberty Beach, and Art Ali. Um, uh, Batash, like if Batash turns up, Batash wins. He generally just the only thing that can beat Batash is himself, isn't it? Batash, oh god, yeah. I mean, the King George stakes, obviously the King George at Ascot this weekend only has four as well, which has, uh, you know, which looks as much as you love and able. It's still very disappointing to only get four horses in a race like this. And uh, to have, at the moment anyway, only four horses there. I mean, uh, Batash, like it's, uh, Batash will just take a lot of stopping. Our power is very good, but Batash should take a lot of stopping there. If there was, you know, a yak, an 80-odd rated yak in either of those races, you'd be given out about it, but it would have been enterprising placement, wouldn't it? Oh, sure. I've been saying for years, you're better off to buy a, oh, it's like a 40-rated horse and just enter them in all those races. I mean, to finish fifth in the King George on Saturday at Ascot is 11 grand, and there's no right. horse to, there's no horse to collect it. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. I remember trying to trying to pin hook a few quid with a hurdler in Ireland and uh, it never crossed my mind. Could have actually just held on to it. It'd be about 14 now running. <laughs> I'd, I'd still get it on the boat <laughs> for that kind of cash. All right, Dermot, look, pleasure to catch up with you again across uh, the racing. The, you know, it's, a, it's a big week in any calendar. Of course, no fans uh, able to go racing, no punters able to go and enjoy it all. But uh, that doesn't seem to be too far away, certainly in the UK and hopefully in Ireland too. And we can all do it safely. It's a pretty sensible bunch that go racing. Um, I think if, if we're going to get pubs and bookies and places like that open, uh, owners for a start should be allowed to go and bring whoever they want. And hopefully punters can get back on the racetrack at some point soon. Um, what about, you know, give us your best couple of bets then over uh, over the course of the week. No doubt you've mentioned them already, but as we're tying off the podcast, let's Yeah, of course, them. of course. Um, Abraham for me is is the bet of the week, uh, obviously price dependent, but I think he, he could well end up opening up a big price. Um, mm-hmm. Felix De G in the Galway hurdle, I, I just think he's an absolutely as confident as you can be in a race like that where so much can go wrong. I just yeah. think though he's a, he's a grade one horse, just absolutely masquerading as a handicapper. And uh, them two would be the two that I think if either of them win, I'll be extremely happy. To be a happy man. Yeah, Felix de Jay-Z on the uh, Thursday and Abraham uh, in that Latin quarter on the Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to throw that Toro and Charmaine and Jessica Harrington, the big race on uh, the Tuesday, the, the Premier Mile. I think that'll go really well for Jessica Harrington. It should be an OK price after kind of, you know, messing up the lines last couple of times. Uh, Galvin would be my shout in the play. And uh, Aramon, along with Dermo's big fancy of Felix de Jay-Z in that hurdle. Uh, do keep an eye on Favoros, wherever that turns up. Uh, over the course of the week. I think there's probably a race in there, maybe even two, and uh, probably Cameco at Goodwood Demo if we had to nail our colours yeah. just one punt. It yeah. is a quality uh, few days of racing. All right, you've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's good to be back, Demo, but we probably won't be back now until there's a bit of timber being jumped, I'd say. That's it, that's it. Yeah, we tend to miss the flat season. There will be a summer when we will keep, keep going, but just... Uh... It tends to correlate between our busiest time and work tends to correlate with the flat season. So we're kind of happy enough to kind of give it a bit of a swerve as well, aren't we? Sure. And when we take a stab at it, we realise everyone else knows more than us, as they do with the jumps <laughs> as well. But it's more embarrassing during the flat. So we're, we're, we're happy to let you all enjoy yourselves. We do love watching it. We're just not the best talkers. Yeah. 
Um, 100%. All right. Thanks very much. You take care. Um, have a good week at Galway and Goodwood if you get involved. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk. Sponsors of the Race Hour.